Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the morning beat. Oh my gosh. Yes. Instead of AJ and Michaela, it's, you know, it's like Monday all over again. It you is. You have Ryan Basham and myself, Shar Jossel. It's wild. Look at us. Bright and early at the 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time hour. And I feel like we're pretty, like, bright and bushy. Like, yes. It's a good morning. It TGIF. Is. It's the last show of the, well, the last live show, I would say. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Is I'm that right? Sure. Producer Vanessa, last live show of the year? I'm not sure. No, they're back next week. Oh, well, okay. just kidding. The, the last live show that matters yeah <laughs> i'm so excited to be here though it's a friday i know i go out of town next week to chicago mm. to spend time with my family for the holidays and i'm really looking forward to that i looked at the calendar this morning and i was like char get it together you have three days saturday sunday and monday mm-hmm. and then you're out of here i haven't done a laundry no i haven't gotten a mani pedi I haven't began packing. Like, my mind just isn't in the zone. Are you staying here for Christmas? Oh, yeah. No, I don't travel on the holidays. That's the worst. Also, my dad goes to bed at, like, 8 p.m. Eastern, right? He lives on the East Coast. Yeah. So when I'm there, he goes to bed at what feels like 5 p.m. to me. So, like, I'm mostly bored out in the sticks in East Tennessee, (laughs) you know? And I don't want to be there anyway. It's rural. It's cold. Yeah. Who wants that for their life? Yeah. So, yeah, that's different situations for us because I'm going to Chicago. yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I leave on the 20th, so I, th- I feel like I'm still in the clear. I oh, come yeah. back on the 30th, though, so oh, I might no. be... Oh, no. On yeah. purpose? Yeah, it might be. Well, I might push it back. I don't know. I, w- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, it might be. But listen, this is what's coming up on today's show. I'm yes. so excited. We're going to be talking a little bit later about the one question you should never ask a single person. Listen, I'm a single Sally. Mm-hmm. Basham, Same. you're a single Sally. So single. So, yeah. Call we're gonna me. Be, we're going to definitely be... Uh, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that. Plus, Elon Musk has recently banned, temper- well, suspended notable journalists all for covering him. I, I believe that that's what's coming in. So, what so about First for, Amendment? What's so happening? For free speech, Come Elon. On. We're going to be talking about that, about that a little bit later, but let's hop into some of the news on the beat. Ooh, I love me some news on the beat on Friday morning. First up, and this really boils my blood, trans people's personal data is being sought by the Texas Attorney General. So Texas Attorney Attorney General Ken Paxton's staff this summer tried to gather information on transgender people in the state based on who had changed their gender on their driver's licenses. Someone from Paxton's office asked the Texas uh, Department of Public Safety to provide a list of these residents, the Washington Post reports. Because of this request, the head of the department's driver license division emailed co-workers saying, that's a quote, 
Need total number of changes from male to female and female to male for the last 24 months, broken down by month. We don't need driver's license numbers at first, but may need them may, may need to have them later. Wow. I just can you believe that? That is, I need someone to step in. You know, history will repeat itself if if, if people don't pipe up and step in. Yeah, it's very pre-Gilead. To yeah, me. it's it's very scary. Super very scary. scary. Well, moving on to something that's. I guess slightly better. There's an inve- been investigation into U.S. World's uh, U.S. Women's Professional Soccer League, and it revealed widespread abuse. Uh, the Soccer League and its players union have released a 128-page independent investigation report following a 14-month inquiry into accusations of quote discrimination, harassment, abuse of all kinds, and retaliation. So at least something's being done in this case, and uh, progress hopefully will be made. Um, and, and this is exciting for me because I'm a science nerd, free COVID tests are back for U.S. households. So the Biden administration Uh-oh. is again making some free COVID-19 tests available to all U.S. households as it unveils its contingency plans for potential co- coronavirus surges this winter. So um, the moment that this became a thing, my roommate texted my other roommate and I because we live in like a three bedroom house and yeah. he got enough for all of us. Okay, that's good. The day of. Because you know they're now calling it a triple-demic because there's yeah. COVID season, flu season, and the RSV that's taking control of the kids at the elementary I school. I just can't. It's well, it's a wild time. We're like we're a petri in. dish as a human yeah. race. I mean, a lot of humans are nasty though. If you just that's observe true. human behavior, I mean, listen, you could go to any given bathroom and people aren't washing their hands no. still to this day. No, you know, so it's it's wild. I humans mean, are pe- nasty. People, be sanitary, please. <laughs> um, imagine the rest of us have OCD and we have to live with you. Um, moving on to the weather, it's 46 in New York today, 51 in Atlanta, 35 in Denver, ish, 53 in Las Vegas, 55 in San Fran, and 66. In Palm Springs. Now, Shar, what's the vibe of the day? The vibe of the day today is brought to me, well, brought to us by Audre Lorde, who mm. is one of my favorite authors. But she's a self-described, I, sh- I want to note this, a self-described black lesbian mother warrior poet. Get into it. Yes. So the vibe of the day today is it's not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. Mm. And I can't think of a more timely vibe of the day. Yes. Given all that's going on. Yes. So the holidays are approaching. We mm-hmm. know that if you are a, if you celebrate Christmas, for example, that is next Saturday. I can't. What the hell? I was doing Christmas shopping in the car on the way here because I took an Uber. Uh-huh. I was shopping. I bought two things for somebody for Christmas on the way really? here. Really? Yeah. And I'm hoping it gets here in time. I still have three gifts to get. Three. I mean, but everybody else is covered. It's a little rough this season because mm-hmm. I feel like Beyonce is going to drop those tour tickets any moment now. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, Ryan, you are single. So very. I am single. Mm-hmm. So very. So very. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I did just start talking to a very nice uh, man a few days ago on The Hinge. Oh. And we're still in it. Like, okay. we're, we're going to check in later today, but that's neither oh, here nor there. Oh, you're going to check in later. You have plans to check in. So, according to this this article on the New York Post, they kind of formulated questions that you should never ask single people. And so, Ryan, I have to know before I launch into this, what is the question? What's the main question that you hate being asked? So my my uh, dad is super cool with me being gay, but also, you know, I, some of the language around it, I think he's still uncomfortable with all these many years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he goes, well, so are you seeing anybody? And then, you know, the underpinning of that is, why are you still single? When am I getting grandchildren? Like, it's baked in. Yeah. And then I'm just like, well, uh, 
I'm not right now. And then I change the subject or, really? or find a reason to walk out of the room. I love my dad, but mm-hmm. I don't want to have to talk about that with him. Yeah. You know? My dad still will kind of, what I, I guess I could say gaslighting. I'm trying to get away from the, that word in particular mm-hmm. because it's so overused. Yeah. Uh, but my dad wants grandchildren. And I'm like, you need to back up. Like, I'm one of three girls. And yeah. my sisters, me and my sisters are all career women. Mm-hmm. And we're not interested in that. And only one of my sisters is, is has a boyfriend right now. Like, we're all dating. Mm-hmm. But only one of my sisters has a boyfriend. And so it's kind of odd because, I mean, my dad is 70. God bless his heart. Um, but my mother never really bothers me about it. As a matter of fact, most of the questions I get about relationships come from my cousins. Really? Yes, it is so weird. That is bizarre. They want to know why I'm not booed up. And I said, who's to say I'm not booed up? My private life <laughs> Are you is my evasive? private life. Are you evasive? I'm very private. Only because in my experience as a woman who's trans, men that I date, it's it's... Listen, it's it's a lot going on, mm-hmm. but I also know how people tend to sensationalize things. Yeah, but I, I only try to date men who are like sure of themselves because I'm also not here to be having to do all that extra emotional labor. Oh yeah, but I do know how people sensationalize things, and so even cousins, yes, mind your business. You have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, my dad has four siblings; they all have kids. So I have a million cousins, and some really? of them have kids. Yes, yeah, so we have massive reunions, and I'm the only LGBTQ one in the whole family. Okay. So like I they care we're all very open. They care about me. They're curious about my life. But also there is that curiosity piece because they all have very cishet lives. Yeah. And so, you know, they my um I went out to a gay bar when I was in DC last and one of my aunts was like where because I stayed with her. She's like, Ryan was like, oh I'm at a gay bar and she goes Awesome. Get your gay on. Is that the text message that you posted on your story? Yes, yes. That was hilarious. Yes. I must say that, like, I'm closer to my mom's side than I am my father's. My mother is the youngest of 10. Mm. Everyone has children who has children who has children. And there are only three LGBT people. I have a cousin, a, a male cousin who's in his 50s who's openly gay. Okay. And then, like, my best friend, like, my sister, she's my cousin, but she's like, we were raised like siblings. Yeah. She's a lesbian. And then there's me, the the trans girl. Mm-hmm. Now, mathematically, the, the math isn't math. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> and my mom's the youngest of 10. Oh, wow. And everyone has children who has children who has children for the most part. And there's only three. <laughs> How is that possible? It's not. Some, you Y'all know, should be studied. Yeah, it's, it's not possible. People live their lives. And then when mm. they come together with family, you know, things are, you know. Yeah, but different. you would think with three, everybody you else would, might feel comfortable. Think, because my family's very accepting. I mean, granted, we do have a lot of there's a, it's heavy, heavily religious. But my family, like, for example, never misgenders or dead names me ever. Really? Ever, ever, That's, ever. Wow. And I thought that I would have more issues with my uncles than my aunts when I stepped into the truth of who I knew myself to be. Yeah. And m- more of the, the heat came from my aunts. Really? My uncles got right with the program. I was so shocked. And these are pastors and deacons. They got right with the program. Do you know why? I have no idea. Well, with some of my aunts, I know that they have some, um, one of them in particular, has some trauma that she applied to the whole community. Oh. Something happened with some something happened like with her ex-husband. And she applied applies it like so it's, I, I feel like I'm catching strays because mm-hmm. she's still upset she's 40 from years a broken, later hurt place yeah she needs to heal that but nevertheless <laughs> we've gone totally we off really the have rails. not totally off topic but basically off topic but I mean we you the question that you proposed from your father is the question that the New York Post is reporting and the question is why haven't you gotten yourself a partner yet Mm-mm. it's annoying and you we know that typically it comes you know with good intentions yeah sometimes it's passive-aggressive depending on who's asking but the New York York Post has 
created a list of reasons why you should relish in being single this season. Okay. And so they're shifting perspective. I'm going to read to you a few of these. Okay. And so it's like your sweet freedom. You have freedom. You don't answer to anyone. You can come and go as you please. You don't have to, you you know, you feed yourself. Life is typically easy when you have one mouth to feed. Yeah. And you only consider yourself. Yeah. And that's not to say being selfish, but you know, if yeah. you're not dating anyone, like if I want to have popcorn and wine tonight, I can have that for dinner tonight you know it only sucks when i need a plus one yeah i go to all these lovely events and the only plus ones i have are my best friends or i go solo mm-hmm. um they have like like i said it's all over the place they have your bank account for example your bank account doesn't take a hit imagine some of the pressures let me ask you this ryan basham when do you buy your partner well i won't even say your partner let's say you started dating someone on halloween are you getting them a Christmas gift? Like, what does that look I like? I mean, probably, because I love giving gifts. But at what level? Like, how much money are you spending if you just started dating someone on Halloween? It would be just enough to feel thoughtful, uh-huh. but not enough to feel uncomfortable because it might be too much. Okay. And so, it, what does that look like? I feel like... Like, do you have an example or no? Uh, it would be like... um like a, a, a token related to something we had laughed about okay. kind of a thing. Or like if we both really enjoyed a movie, yeah. like maybe a, The Incredibles, say, that the Disney movie Incredibles, maybe I would get them a Christmas tree ornament of the little Incredibles family. Okay. Something thoughtful, yes. but not too expensive. Not too heavy. You're not yeah. getting a MacBook or, no. a, you know, a, or a trip to Venice. Trip. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I always find that interesting because that, that's a debate that pops up every year amongst cishet people and LGBTQ what about you, plus though? people. If I start dating someone on Halloween, it gets complicated if I want to give them a gift. I don't know. It depends on if I feel like it's going somewhere and if it's mm. worthwhile. And I also feel like that's something that needs to be discussed. Because if I'm giving a gift, I'm not giving a gift to get one back. Yes. But I also would like one back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Like, I'm going to feel some type of way if I give you a gift and I and, and you're like, oh, sure, I didn't plan for this. I mean, I'm Southern, so, oh, you yes. know, there's a whole song and dance about if you're going to get a gift, are they going to get you a gift? Like, yeah. there's some pride. Because if you get someone a gift and they didn't think to get you one, one of the primary things they're going to feel is guilt. Yeah. You know? Really quickly before we get out of here, here are some of the uh, the rebuttals that the New York Post has reported, uh, well, has wrote. So it's, one of them is, why are you still married? Which you can add, oh, there are some people who yeah. get complacent and you can tell from the outside looking in like, girl, you don't even want to be here, so why yeah. are you still married? Uh, some of the funny quips that they put is like, I've devoted my life to my cats. I'm not taking any <laughs> questions at this time. Thank you. I guess you can turn into, you know, the White House press secretary. Uh-huh. I'm done with questions. Thank you. Why have one flavor when you can try them all? That's something I'd say. That's something I'd say. Hilarious. And then, last but not least, all my boyfriends are already married. Now that'll <gasps> shake it up. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Morning Beat. I'm Shar Jassel here with Ryan Basham, filling in for AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. I mean, hey, you know, you're welcome, y'all. Yes, you are welcome. It's a good Friday. <laughs> it's well, a great Friday. Ryan, another day, another musky story. I can't with this. You know I call him musky. Yeah. This one particularly hits close to home, given that I am an award-winning journalist myself. Yes, Thank you, you are. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let me get your trophy real quick. <laughs> No, I really am. I know you are. Okay. But I'm also teasing you. 
Thank you. I love you for that. <laughs> Twitter has suspended reporters from The Washington Post, New York Times, and other publications who wrote about Elon Musk. One reporter said he had, quote, no idea why he was booted from the platform. Now, this just happened yesterday. It was sudden. It was without warning. And it was a host of prominent tech journalists, including many like I mentioned, that kind of openly criticized Elon Musk. So these accounts were for the New York Times, uh, a journalist named Ryan Mack, Drew Harwell from The Washington Post, Donnie O'Sullivan of CNN, Matt Binder of Mashable, which I have been featured in, Aaron Rupar of, and Aaron Rupar is an independent journalist, excuse me, all of which disappeared on Thursday evenings, as, like I said, several others did. All of these reporters have commented on his $44 billion takeover of Twitter. And then there's even been, you know, that account. Remember that one account that was tracking his private jet? Yes. Muskie got rid of them, too. Because remember, they were reporting on everybody's carbon footprint. Kylie Jenner, Taylor Swift. Yes. Which was rightfully so. You know, Kylie Jenner was flying three minutes. 100%. From Calabasas to to Van Nuys. And the the carbon footprint of that is... Is disgusting. Disgusting. But it's not like the people who people have been doing this about like Russian oligarchs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like he was special. Mm -hmm. But but it did come right after he made a mess of, you know, a scene about First Amendment free speech rights. And now people can't aggregate public information into a tweet thread. What? Someone even brought up a tweet that Elon made it back in April. When these conversations first started bubbling up about him acquiring Twitter, where he mentioned that, like, yes, I'm such a proponent for free speech that even my critics will still have a platform. Sure, Jan. And so it's like, save your hot takes and kind of just keep retweeting that. It's it's becoming increasingly difficult to stay on Twitter. And what I hate about all of this is that I've commented on Elon Musk, but I'm just a little, little charge. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And, uh, you know, some of the language is passive aggressive. I'm verified on Twitter and now it's. Instead of saying, like, this person is a notable news source, it's like this person may or may not be notable because they're really trying to get me to spend that $8 I and mean, subscribe to Twitter Blue. <sighs> but I hate that Twitter is one of those social media platforms that I have to depend on for work. I've gotten so Twitter has been a gift for me, but also a curse because, mm-hmm. hello, the critics and, and I've gotten yes. threats and things on Twitter. But it just kind of sucks to see how the direction that this is going and knowing that. I, at this rate, I don't know if I'll still be on Twitter within the coming months. I might be gone by March at the latest. It's becoming increasingly gross, and there's no regulation on the trending topics. Things are It's a hellscape. It really is. It really is. And I feel like if there were an obvious platform to jump to, it would already be dead. Yeah. Speaking of, they one of the accounts that's been suspended is the account of a competing platform called Mastodon. Do you know yes, about Mastodon? I've, I've heard about Mastodon, but I heard that's a hot mess, too. It's, it's not ideal. It, yeah. It's it's a it, for all kinds of reasons, but it's one of the places people are going, and uh, somehow they became worthy of a suspension on Twitter. What? Yeah. What? So what is it? You got to pick a lane. Is it free speech and everybody gets to say whatever they want, and you can tweet about internal deliberations about Hunter Biden and his penis can get out there in the world, or? <laughs> 
you're going to suspend everybody. Yeah. Play by the same rules you give everybody else. If it's rules for me and not for thee, that's hypocrisy. But see, that's the emotional abuse that comes at the hands of Elon Musk. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it reminds me of the tweet he sent out before the midterm saying, listen, I'm not telling you who to vote for, but, but here, Republicans would get the job done. So yes. you are telling us who to, who to yeah. vote for. So it's one of those things that it just, like I said, is becoming increasingly worse. And he has to answer for this. But he also, what I thought was hilarious is yesterday he ran a poll. And he asked his followers, I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I he heard about it. He asked his followers, he said, when should he bring these people back? So uh -huh. I guess it's a temporary suspension. He said one of the options was right now. I think another one was like after seven days, after a month. Like he had these options. So a majority of Elon's followers, or I should say a majority of the people who participated in this poll, said right now, mm -hmm. you know, reinstate their accounts right now. Do you know that instead of doing that, he then followed up that tweet with saying, too many options, I'll try again later. Of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. It's so wild to see this display of toddler-like behavior mm -hmm. and these tantrums coming at the hands of the world's richest man. Yes. And him just... Kind of just stomping around fee fi fo fum style all over Twitter. I mean, I'm reluctant to use terms that are used in a clinical setting to describe someone casually. Uh huh. He's a narcissist. Oh gosh, a raging one. Raging narcissist. Raging one. I don't think anyone would challenge or deny that. I mean, he 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 has this cognitive dissonance where he rapidly in real time changes what the world is based on what he's seeing in it in order to cater to what he needs it to be he changes the rules of the road whenever it's convenient and, and he believes the, it changes the rules and i think also serves as a huge distraction you yeah. know you want to get on on your platform and randomly attack trans people and say your pronouns are prosecuted and fauci and there's so much going on even within tesla and even with you know him allegedly testing on animals and all this stuff but it's like the the main distraction is of course to keep using trans people as a political hockey puck just wait until all the queer people walk Ooh. You know, it was just two days ago that the world was rocked by the sudden loss of Stephen Twitch Boss, mm. who we know as Ellen's DJ. Yeah. He was also on So You Think You Can Dance. And I believe his wife was on Dancing with the Stars yeah, as I a dancer. Right. Yeah, I think you right. know. Um, and, and, and it was wild. You know, TMZ's most recent report is that he did leave a note. We don't know what's in the note. <sighs> Uh, but it references his past struggles. We don't know. It's an ambiguous reference. And so investigators have determined that he took an Uber from his home to the motel, and which was less than a mile away from his home. And he switched his phone to airplane mode so that no one could reach or track him. So it's been very, very uh, jarring and sad news. I know that I have friends. One of my personal friends is Kaylin Allen, who was always featured on The Ellen DeGeneres Show. And then one of my friends, Trey, was a producer mm. on The Ellen DeGeneres Show. So this has hit specifically close to home personally for me. I did not know Twitch personally, but it's it's... It's yet again another reminder. There's a lot of conversation going on right now about mental health and how things are not always as they seem. Because yeah. all we saw of Twitch was him in front of the camera and dancing and TikToks with his wife and mm -hmm. having fun. We we only know Twitch in a fun space. Yeah, That's the only emotion we ever saw was jovial, fun, dancing. And so a lot of people are still in mourning. Most recently, uh, First Lady, former First Lady, forever First Lady, Michelle Obama, my girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she uh, offered her condolences. Of course, Ellen posted 
a touching tribute uh, alongside a very beautiful video. I don't know if you got a chance to no. take a look at it. Ellen posted a video because towards the end of her show, like the series finale, if you will, she was giving her flowers to her staff, so to speak. And she surprised Twitch with the segment where she called him down <sighs> off the podium and played a highlight reel of their favorite memories. And it broke my oh, heart wow. watching because Twitch's mom was in the audience. Oh. And I believe his best friend was in the audience. I should mention that he leaves behind his wife and three children. <sighs> and so there's a lot of people, in, like I said, in mourning and, and currently... Uh, grappling with this. Jojo Siwa posted to Instagram and said, my heart is beyond broken, which was a best friend and a mentor, not just to me, but to so many. I'll never forget our time at work together on So You Think You Can Dance. He became such a light in my life. I just... I got. I mean, it hits. It hits hard. I think anytime we lose somebody, especially when it's somebody that people so easily think of as just, you know, so happy, so you know, on top of the world. Yeah. You never know what someone's dealing with, and I think this is why I wish we could all, we would all be more authentic and vulnerable mm-hmm. with each other. You know, it's easy to want to live a life of, you know, no hard feelings with your friends, but yeah. I mean, you know, all it takes is one day when someone who has had ideation follows through yeah that's all, all it takes is once and and to know that 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 you got that low yeah you know life life is very hard i, I wish in matter of fact in preparation for the segment i should have pulled uh, a clip of tabitha brown she made such a touching video um about referencing like that inner child that that place of joy not everyone had joyous childhoods but yeah. there were typically moments of joy in people's childhood and when you become an adult and you become of the world how hard the world is and when you feel low kind of try to return to that happy place and i know that i'm kind of like truncating it for for repeating it yeah but if you get a chance head on over to tabitha brown's uh instagram because it's really really touching and i just want to say you know if you're struggling ask for help and we're going to talk i think in a a segment here in a little bit about what you can do to get help but get help you are not in this alone we are and you can also call or text 988 or chat at 988lifeline.org. And as Ryan just mentioned, stick around because coming up next hour, we will be talking mental health with an actual specialist. And that'll be good. And particularly how it affects men mm. and and how men go about, you know, seeking life-saving remedies and alternatives to that deep down depression. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Good morning and welcome to The Morning Beat. I'm Sharjah Sell, filling in for Michaela Gordon. And I'm Ryan Bash. I'm filling in for, I don't know, whoever AJ, that guy is, AJ whatever his Gibson. name is. AJ, AJ Gibson. Gibson. It's so fun. <laughs> I'm so excited because, you know, we're here on the West Coast and we have entered, if you all have been listening to this show long enough or are familiar with me for long enough, then you know that 7 a.m. is my favorite hour I of just, the day. I don't get it. It is just the best. Really? Oh my gosh. Like now I feel like my day has started. If you can't tell, I am smiling from ear to ear. Yes. I just love 7 a.m. You do glow at 7 a.m. Thank you. Meanwhile, I'm like, is my light even on? You know? I, I love it. I love it. This is the best hour of the day. So, Ryan, I'm very excited because this upcoming hour, we will be talking to Chase Anderson, who is a queer black psychiatrist at the University of California in San Francisco, Mm. about how you can support men who suffer in silence, which I think is so important, especially given the last segment where we talked about Twitch. Yes. uh, Twitch boss from from the Ellen DeGeneres show and from So You Think You Can Dance and his tragic uh, suicide. He died by suicide earlier this week. And also, we're going to be hitting on some points. Ryan and I will be sharing our own as well. But we'll be kind of continuing the conversation about uh, the most profound change that people are making to drastically improve their mental health state. And we both kind of mentioned that we're not here to trivialize it. It's not like a a step one, step two, step three, boom, you're healed. (laughs) But if we can make a fun segment and have some 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 well-rounded conversation as to what Ryan might do, what I might do, and also what other people might do to kind of help in rough patches, especially for LGBTQ plus people. We know sometimes the holidays can be a little rocky. Yes. Sometimes people are spending the holidays alone. Mm-hmm. So these tips will certainly be helpful. I'm so excited to dive into this hour. It's going to be a good hour. It's going to be a good hour. So excited. So, Ryan, what's the news on the beat? Well, this is so topical. Um, the Biden administration administration has pushed funding for LGBTQ mental health services. Uh, the Health and Human Services Department issued nearly $110 million in federal funding for a nonprofit called Vibrant Emotional Health. So this money is meant for the nonprofit's 988 hotline that focuses on suicide prevention in marginalized groups, including LGBTQ communities. So in 2022, the Trevor Project released a study stating that 45% of LGBTQ youth seriously considered suicide, while 14% actually attempted it. Mm. I mean, it... (laughs) It, um, staggering statistic. It is. Um, 43% of people su- surveyed also shared a fear of not being taken seriously, which those two things feel like they go hand in hand to me. You know, I often think about like how the youth today, we dealt with bullies that were peers and the youth today are dealing with bullies that are peers, but also like local politicians, mm-hmm. maybe your principal, like the bullies are coming from everywhere. So my heart really goes out yeah. to people like in middle school right now, like the roughest patch of school, which is middle school typically. I, I often say I would never go back to middle school, but I really really wouldn't go back to middle school now. No, never. Never. No. no. Um, 
In more uh, positive news, another historic New York City gay bar, the site of a 1960s queer protest, was has been officially deemed a historic landmark. Oh! Um, Julius's Bar in NYC, the country's oldest gay bar and location of an iconic queer rights protest in 1966, is now legally cemented as a landmark. Um, for years, New York City bars were, and I didn't actually, I didn't know it was this specific, New York City bars were not only encouraged, but legally required to turn away explicitly gay patrons as quote, disorderly under New York State Liquor Authority rule. I wonder what deemed someone explicitly gay, air quote. Yeah, so it's like subjective, I guess. So I guess you gotta be discreet. You can be gay, but be very discreet in presentation and behavior. I guess so, and if they're monitoring the bars, like, enforcement of the policy. Yeah. Uh, probably some cis white man. Of course. You know, evaluating. Of course. Um, so anyway, they inspired by a black civil rights sit-in movement in the 19, in 1960, which was a big thing in the South uh, and elsewhere in the country. Three members of the gay rights uh, group Mach- uh, Machine Society did something similar. They took several spots in around, around the city and did sip-in instead of sit-in protests. Hmm. Um, uh, moving on, oh, wh- this is also really good news. Um, Glad has reported that one in five studio films included an LGBTQ character in 2021. So that's also good news. Yes. Greater representation. Movies like Dear Evan Hansen, of course, but others that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So um, I'm going to post this story later because I really think uh, I'm going to take a deep dive in it and I hope you do too. We want to support the studios that support our community. Um, moving on to the weather, I feel like um, lucky to be in L.A. today. It's 49 in D.C., 30 in your hometown of Chicago. All right. Um, but I wish I were in Miami because there it's a balmy 80 degrees today. It's going to be 43 in Seattle, 67 in L.A., and 65 in Cathedral City. Now, Char, what's the vibe of the day? The vibe of the day is brought to you by lesbian, black, feminist. Yes. One of my favorite authors, Audre Lorde. Audrey says, and this is just on par for the day, it's not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. And I couldn't agree more. We've been having conversations uh, about men and mental health. We've talked about Twitch from The Ellen Show. And we're continuing that conversation because across the globe, listen, it doesn't discriminate among many races, ethnicities, income brackets. Men often avoid seeking help for psychological issues. And here to help us flesh more of this out and break more of it down is Chase Anderson, who's a queer black psychiatrist at the University of California in San Francisco. Hi, Chase. Hi, it's very nice to be with all of you. Yes, welcome to the show. So happy that you're able to join us so bright and early this morning. So Chase, I have <laughs> to know, I have to know, what is it about, because you know, we see these we see these discussions happening online. We kind of see attitudes towards mental health shifting, but what is it about men and their approach to mental health that is is still keeps a barrier up where they're they're less, I guess, susceptible or less prone to seek help? Yeah, I think there's many multiple factors. I think one of the big ones that we don't talk about enough is how society makes men feel like it's wrong to have emotions or it's wrong to emote in a way that's sorrowful. Um, Anger is often like, oh, it's praised. It's said like, oh, it's okay to be angry. I'm glad you're showing such passion. When a man is sad, I think people are like, oh, why are you doing that? Um, So I think that societal conversation really needs to happen and individual conversations about it is okay to show these deeper, darker emotions of what's actually going on inside of you. 
isn't there also an access barrier to I saw a, an executive from a health insurance provider on LinkedIn post the other day like people shouldn't have barriers to mental health and I had to laugh because I, I had a mental health crisis not that long ago and it took forever to figure out how to get treatment so like are we is our society doing anything about that yeah so I think a lot of people are drawing attention to that now I really am glad you're bringing that point up um, one of the things is it's I work with children and adolescents, and some of them have been on wait lists for a year just wow. to see a psychiatrist. So just thinking about, like, not only getting your foot in the door, but then, like, once you're in the door, especially for minoritized people, like, how did you get to that door? How did you get through the door? Then you have to, like, figure out, oh, I'm minoritized. Like, will this white provider possibly or, like, this provider in general understand like the things I'm going through in terms of racism, in terms of minority stress. So I think what's changing, which is great, is there are more minoritized mental health providers too, but it's taking time and that's something we really need to be focusing on too. Yeah, um, that so is... I'm really glad. You... Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, that was it. <laughs> I was just saying that I know that that's something that I've personally faced as well, especially, you know, in therapy, because there are multiple layers. I have intersectional identities and some people mm-hmm. just don't understand the nuances of that. Now, I want to talk specifically about uh, this report that I'm reading from the Mental Health America, from Mental Health America, which has gone on record to say that mental health professionals diagnose depression more often in women than men. However, according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention, men may make up nearly 80% of deaths by suicide in comparison to the general, you know, overall population with women included. Uh, men die by suicide four times more often than women do. Can you speak to that and maybe why that is? Is that because women seek help more often? Like, w- w- what factors into that? Yeah, the m- multitude of factors. Um, and I really appreciate you bringing that to the fore. Um, so one of the things that we think about is that men have more lethal attempts usually. So men will use things like guns or they will use more lethal like weapons towards themselves in those suicide attempts. Um, the other thing that happens is that even if like men and women get to the like psychiatrist, sometimes men are misdiagnosed and especially minoritized men. Um, mm. Back in the day, there was an overdiagnosis of schizophrenia, so seeing and hearing things that aren't there inside of like for black people but those diagnoses were incorrect a lot of them were experiencing like a racial discrimination which led to them being very justifiably paranoid mm. um so what we need to think about in terms of just like mental health is that men are more predisposed to like have those we call them internalizing disorders so they are likely to have like depression anxiety things that you can't always see And so it's up to the psychiatrist and like other community members to ask about like, what is really going on inside of you? Um, What is really happening to you? It is okay to like, let us know that you're sad. It is okay to ask people if they're feeling suicidal, Um, asking about suicidality and things like that, especially like for men and just people in general, it doesn't give somebody suicidality if it's not there, but it can't help save their life. Right. it's so interesting you say that because, you know, we were talking about uh, Twitch dying by suicide earlier this week. And mm-hmm. a few hours yeah. before that, he posted a, what seemed like a really joyous video, I think, on TikTok. So yeah. how do those of us who care about men or I guess every anyone else who might be struggling, yeah. Yeah. how do we identify that there might be something that needs addressing in somebody who might seem so joyous? 
Yeah, um, I think to take a step back, one of the things is we need to have better conversations as a society. Um, I think one of the things I always think about is when I interact with friends, and I've lived with my own mental health um, things as well, and like I have depression and remission. So one of the best and most powerful things was when a friend would say, how are you? And I would say, like, I'm good, because that's the standard answer we're Mm -hmm. taught to give. Um, Sometimes my friends would be like, how are you actually? So I actually have Mm -hmm. adopted that for when I work with kids and adolescents. When they come into appointments, they're like, I'm good. And you're like, you're here for a reason. So, like, (laughs) how are you actually? Um, And it just, that second ask creates a different set of circumstances and shows the person, like, I'm actually invested in how you are. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things is like a lot of people, especially minoritized people, are taught to subvert their own emotions and present a face to the world. Um, and so what spaces are we creating for them to let down that face a little bit? And who's actually checking on them? Like what friends are checking in? What like aspects of society are checking in? What spaces do those people have who are like living with mental illness? to actually like be themselves and say like, I'm struggling, I'm having trouble. Um, There are like mental health crisis lines and things like that. But I think the conversations need to happen at a societal level as well as like individuals, like let's check in with each other a little bit more, Um, especially for like African-American men who are dying by suicide in higher rates as time goes on, um, especially youth. Um, So how do we start that conversation at home about like, it is okay to tell me if you're struggling. It's one of those um, things. Like, what is not? It's one of those oh, yeah. things that bleeds into the larger conversation. I know as it pertains to black people and it comes to medical mm-hmm. racism and this idea that black yeah. people inherently have a higher threshold for pain. We see this show up with the black maternal mortality rate with black women yeah. and black birthing people who go to the hospital to give birth and the cesareans. Like so this conversation all loops in. I also really want to quickly uh add in which you've kind of spoken to but gay and bisexual and other men Mm -hmm. who have sex with men are at an even greater risk for suicide attempts especially before the age of 25 so that is it's it's quite jarring but you know chase i want to thank you so much for being able to join us for the show and for this segment today and thank you for all of the information that you offered up it's so helpful awesome thank you very much Thank you. Again, that's Chase Anderson, a queer black psychiatrist at the University of California in San Francisco. And before we uh, hop out of here, I want to let you all know if you or someone is affected by any of the issues raised in this story, call or text the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Stick around. We got more show for you. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. If you're just now tuning in, I'm Sharjah Sell filling in for Michaela Gordon. And Ryan Basham is here filling in for A.J. Gibson. Good riddance, A.J. Just kidding. I love you. <laughs> it's so good. And if you're just tuning in, we're having what I like to call a mental health hour. And, I love that. You know, this next conversation we're about to have, Ryan, is about, it's particularly, it made me think of like LGBTQ plus people as we head into the holidays. Because not everyone, you know, is going home or what they would deem home. People still, you know, a lot of the conversation. It's like, oh, spend time with your chosen family. But there, it takes time to kind of form a chosen family, too. Absolutely. You know, people kind of omit that from the conversation. And so I thought that this was interesting. And I do want to mention, which we mentioned at the top of the hour, that our conversation is in no way to trivialize or to replace seeking a medical professional. Mental health illnesses are specific to each 
individual person. We're yes. just here to share our experiences and some things we found down to the Reddit thread. Yes. Okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ryan, when you are going through a tough time, and I know this is a general question, but when you're going through a tough time, what are some of your go-tos? And I ask you this because we've talked about therapy and things, and I know that therapy is designed for us to get the tools, but the work comes in when you have to implement the tools. Yeah. So what are some of your like go-tos when you're going through and I'm using an umbrella term, but a rough patch. You know, one of the things that a therapist told me once that I that really changed things for me is really simple. Even a nap can be a reset. Like Ooh. going to sleep for a little bit, just, you know, and that's true for any part of your life. Yeah. You know, but I find that just taking a few, a little bit to be away from other people, just to close my eyes and even if it's not an easy thing to do, take a nap, at least to rest. Yeah. Um, and sometimes rest for me isn't, a nap, it's like, I'll put on, I'm a Star Trek nerd, so I'll put on something that's comforting for me, okay. that distracts me from how I'm thinking and feeling as well. Yeah. So either an actual nap or a rest period with something that engages me in a way that isn't taxing and yeah. draws focus away. What about you, though? So I'm not really a nap girl. I just recently got into naps, like this year at 34. Wow. And because I'm so damn nosy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nothing worse than taking a nap and waking up and it seems like 20 million news hits have come in. That's mm -hmm. just the way my mind has always worked. And actually, as you were, were speaking, uh, one of my friends, Ryan Sides, I have a lot of Ryans in my life. Well, we're incredible, of One course. of my friends, Ryan Sides, it texted me earlier this week and recommended this documentary titled Stuts. It's on Netflix. And it's Jonah Hill and his therapist. And at first I was like, I am not watching no damn Jonah Hill no, in therapy. Yeah. When I tell you one of the best documentaries I've seen all year. Really? I did every exercise. I took every note. His therapist was amazing. It was wow. so helpful to me. But for me, I know that I like to, I find solace in food. Yes. Now that could be a hit or miss, but sometimes, you know, my mind goes to, you know, these nachos will not disappoint me in the ways in which this person has. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I also have recently within the past two years found that exercising. Mm. I was never that girl with, you know, the L.A. and all of that. But I enjoy putting on a podcast, which is so weird. I wonder what that says about my personality. Instead of music, I don't really listen to music when I exercise. I listen huh. to podcasts. Interesting. It's so weird. That is weird. And then if I listen to music, it's got to be like some gutta hip hop. Like, oh, I yeah. want to hear Megan the Stallion, Lotto. <laughs> I need to hear it all. Cardi. I mm -hmm. want to hear it all. And so those are some things that, that sort of help me. And I should also mention, everyone knows I am just a crazy woman when it comes to journaling. And I'm putting an asterisk by crazy. Because journaling is my, that's my space when I think to myself, well, who can I run to? It's 2 a.m., I'm up and I am upset or disturbed about something. There's no one I can call, really. Like a lot of my family, my sisters live in New York, so that's East Coast time. They're three hours ahead of me. My mother and father are in Chicago, that's Central time. That's two hours. Like if it's 2 a.m., then that means it's, what, 5 a.m. in New York and yeah. then 4 a.m. in Chicago. And then when I think about people in L.A., it's like, okay, people got to work. They have their own lives. And so journaling has really been my saving grace in a lot of my L.A. experience. I, writing things down can be so uh, cathartic because when uh -huh. something's in your head it can get bigger and smaller based on how you feel yes but if you write it down it's on the page it's in the physical world it's yes. out of your head and onto the paper yes that's and I, huge I, and I love that especially like like I just had a breakthrough this week I'll tell you about it off air <laughs> nevertheless one of the tips that I saw from the reddit thread was learn to disengage because there's a lot of garbage out there mm. especially in the form of social media people's opinions be willing to say okay I'm done with this conversation and yes. I totally agree with that because I found myself sometimes going down anti 
anti-trans rabbit holes. You see a story and it's like, I can't believe this person thinks this way. And then before you know it, I'm reading this tweet and this tweet and this tweet. And that stuff gets is so insidious that it affects sometimes the way in which I I might view myself. And I don't like that. It Well, I should say it challenges it because I know who I am. Yes. OK. Yes. But it challenges it in unhealthy ways. I, I get I, that happens to me when I watch cable news, which I'm addicted to because I'm a political politics person right but like i get really hung up on my concern for the future of the human race and my concern for the future of this country and i can care about those things and not be engaged in it right now if that's not healthy for me yes you know i I was the same with like 2020 i had to pull back from everything between trump and george floyd and everything that was going on like i love joyanne reed but i had to stop watching her show Mm -hmm. because it was not healthy for me yeah you gotta take breaks it's okay i don't even see how people work in 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 that type of environment i don't either i tip my hat to them yes i mean (laughs) also i would love a show on msnbc so call me but someone also uh a tip was to get a dog which I know uh, I have I have heard that getting a pet I'll say getting a pet I yeah. have heard you know getting a pet is good good for the mental health I know even playing with some of my friends pets because I don't own a pet mm. but I love playing with my friends pets one of my friends used to own a Great Dane he was huge I knew him since he was a puppy and he brought me so much joy because he was so silly like mm-hmm. I like playing with my friends dogs and things of that nature so I could kind of see how that could help yeah I, you just I mean. Like, there are studies that show that having a pet adds, like, three to five years to your life expectancy or something. Really? Yes, but here's the thing, though. You shouldn't adopt a pet when you're in a crisis place. Be prepared for the responsibilities of, like, ramping up that relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've known people in L.A. who have adopted pets in crisis and then put, uh, gave them away, which yep. I don't like. Yep. I'll leave with this tip before we get up out of here is to never take myself too seriously, which is so hard for me because mm. I take everything seriously and everything personally. Yes, same. And it's, it's for me, what I will say, what I'll leave you all with is challenge yourself to shift perspective. There is always a way to shift perspective, even in the worst of the worst. Yeah. Challenge yourself to shift perspective. And that is certainly helpful. Well, Ryan, I know that while you were probably getting some much needed rest last night, I was up watching Harry and Meghan. I just, I mean, look, sleep first, okay? (laughs) But Harry and Meghan, close second. I got to tell you, they kept me up past my bedtime. Did they? Oh my gosh, I was like running in studio this morning because they kept me up past my bedtime. (laughs) But I could not turn off the Netflix. Really? Did you finish it? I did. I finished it and I just sat back. And I guess I'll ask you this. Can you believe that Archie... Imagine your imagine your grandmother being Queen Elizabeth II, uh huh, and your godfather being Tyler Perry. Always. <laughs> what type of universe is that? Wild, right? But it actually happened. Tyler Perry uh, is featured heavily in part two. Well, I should mention no. This is like part four, part five of the documentary, and it really showed the role that he played in Harry and Meghan's life. I want to play a clip for you before I tell you the tea. Okay. That's where Tyler came into the picture. I'd never met him before. He sent me a letter before the wedding just saying he was praying for me. And that if I ever need anything, he would be there. So we stayed in touch. And then when all this happened, we needed to go. He said, what can we do to make it easier? How can I help you? So I should mention that uh, also Beyonce makes a brief cameo in this Mm -hmm. documentary. You don't see her, but... Oh, the text. Yes. Megan's like, Beyonce just texted. And Harry like gasps. Maybe you should call her. And he's like, no. So she reads the text out loud. Serena Williams in it. It's a great documentary. I encourage everyone. And listen, I'm not a royal watcher. 
I'm not that invested in those people across the pond and all their colonialism and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it is such a well done documentary. Yes, I loved it. I I loved it. Five stars. I'll watch a documentary about amoebas if it's well done. Yeah, it's really good. And so what I love about this is it really highlights just how good of a man Tyler Perry is. I know people have Mm. mixed opinions about him, especially in the black community. There's a lot of, you know, conversation around Medea and the church and all of that. But Tyler Perry literally just did like a, a blind call, if you will, and just reached out to Megan when she was in the depths of despair. Before we even knew a lot of the stuff, he just saw how the British press was treating her and he literally created a safe haven for these people because they moved. Remember, they divorced from the royal family and Harry and Meghan moved stateside literally right before the pandemic hit. So they had nowhere to live. They were being tracked by the British media and Tyler Perry put them up in his Los Angeles mansion in the hills and gave them safe haven. And at first, Megan was like, we're only going to be here for a week. And he's like, girl, shut up. Take as much time as you want. Because, you know, he's got the compound down in Atlanta as well. He's fine. He's good. He's He's got a bed to sleep in. And so, and they walk you through like the Oprah interview and how that happened. And and now they don't get into the weeds of some of the racial comments that were made. They don't? I mean, they they still lightly talk about it, but uh, Harry says he will never reveal the fullness of that story. There's still a lot of pain there. Wow. But there's references to Diana and we see clips and like the parallels between Megan and Diana. It's so, so well done. And like I said, it really highlights. I think about how Tyler showed up for Oprah, how Tyler showed up for Janet Jackson. And I honestly, for a lot of black Hollywood who was out of work, they weren't finding jobs. And through Tyler Perry's work in his movies, they got jobs and became culturally relevant again. Yeah. I do also want to mention, you know, Tyler Perry did give Kim Kardashian a role in a major, a, a major motion picture. She was in the, the I can't remember, it was called like Obsession or Redemption. It starred Brandy. She was in a movie with Brandy, ironically, who's Ray J's sister, for those of you who can't keep up. And so... <laughs> There's a weird triangle and, here. And so, yeah, but it's like Tyler was always giving people chances. And I think that for me, at least as a viewer, this example with Harry and Meghan and how this all unfolded really speaks to the content of his character, no matter how you think about his art or Medea running around and all of that. And so it's a really good documentary. I am recommending it to you all for your weekend watching. It's it's really good. It's really good. You just got me. I can't believe it. (laughs) T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. American, American, American. It's a great week for America, I think, because as you probably know by now, the Respect for Marriage Act was signed into law by President Biden this week. But our, but in an op-ed for the Washington Blade, our next guest says that the fight is far from over. Joining us now is Brian Feminella, an LGBTQ advocate, tech entrepreneur, and U.S. Army officer. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and to talk a lot about how, you know, even with the Respect for Marriage Act now being signed into law, there's a lot more to do. Well, yeah, actually, let's start there. Can you share with us a little bit more about what you have your eyes on that we still need to do? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I've been focusing on is especially how we've been seeing an additional 300 LGBTQ anti-supporting the queer community across the nation in the last year alone. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane to me that, um, you know, just I think in October, some Republicans introduced a federal don't say gay bill in Congress. So there's so much going on. So, um, uh, you know, what I want to ask you is, um, can you just dive into a little bit more detail what you what you see there? Yeah. So when I first started to look at like the overall queer and trans landscape, the first thing I did was look at how much anti LGBTQ legislation there were, how we've had 32 this year alone acts of violence against the trans community and especially this entire idea that like although there's bipartisan efforts to support equality in the first place it feels like time and time again we have to give a lot of our owned and kind of what we should have rights already away in order to just get some progress so although the respect for marriage act is a huge win it's not the end. And the reason why I say that is because not only do we have the Supreme Court directly, a few justices have already made public statements that directly go against Orgathal versus Hodges, which we all know is what codified same-sex marriage as the land of the law. And, you know, one of the big things for me was that now we're seeing older politicians talking about how Gen Z and young people are woke and they're brainwashed. Merely, merely because they're afraid of these changes, like the Respect for Marriage Act, that are long overdue. Yeah, I always push back personally, and I ask people, well, define woke. That's what trips them up. Mm -hmm. Define woke, you know? Um, I'm interested in knowing, you know, given that we have the majority of our Supreme Court being, you know, conservative-leaning, even though politics isn't necessarily supposed to be brought into that space, 
what is this tug of war going to look like moving forward? And I ask that because the midterms of last month, Gen Z voters used their voices both on social media and in the voting booths. And a lot of Gen Z is for the progress of LGBTQ plus people. But there's a lot of, you know, boomers, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, that that are not necessarily for, <laughs> necessarily for that. And even some of my peers. So what is this political tug of war going to look like with progress and fundamental human rights as we move forward? I think this is, this is a great question. I think one of the biggest things is Gen Z has to continue to make those that aren't accepting uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is continuing to stay loud, always be, always be present, always be in the moment, and always be there when there are anti-LGBTQ discrimination standing at our local government official offices across the nation, being loud on social media, on Twitter, on TikTok, challenging and questioning the status quo of discrimination that is how Gen Z continues to turn the ideologies. One thing, I always, one thing I always share is that if we're able to just educate and teach people exactly what we need to do in order, then we can already educate folks to sometimes change their mindset. And those that don't want to, we have to stay loud. And by staying loud, it's using our educated and informed Gen Z individuals, which are actually the most educated generation, according to research, to be able to continue to question when things are being pushed through on a government level, federal, local, and state that already are questioning just the mere existence of the queer and trans community. You know, I hear the the fire in your voice, and I, I, I'd like to think you're firing up some of our listeners right now. If somebody wants to take action, what's one thing they could do today? One, register to vote. Even though the midterms are over, 2024 may seem far away, but it's not. And the second thing is, don't be afraid of when people tell you that you're less than because of who you are. Because in that sense, they just want to silence the voices and the, and the changes and the progress that they know is inevitable. They're just trying to delay that. Moving forward in, in politics, I, I'm because I'm so fascinated, especially, as you mentioned, with the upcoming presidential election. And I say upcoming because it seems like it's so far away. But if you're on edge like me, it seems like it's tomorrow. Yes. What can we see? What are some of your projections as, as we enter, you know, the 2024 presidential race? Because we know a lot of LGBT things will be on the ballot, specifically like trans related things, because that seems to be the political hockey puck of the moment. So do you have any projections or predictions as to what we we might be able to expect? Yeah, I think we can expect a large majority of Gen Z, even bigger than we saw in the midterm elections, especially since we just saw in the midterm, which are typically the lowest voting population, we saw Gen Z voters increase by 80%. So I can't imagine that in 2024, we're going to see an even bigger of a youth voting wave. And we're going to continue to see people talking about this before politics was a quiet silent thing but now that there's so much i would say partisan even on human rights issues which there shouldn't be now we're going to see so many more people putting their voices and opinions in the ring and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes unfortunately that's a bad thing but hey it's free speech and we have to learn to mitigate we have to learn to get ahead of it so even though 2024 is two years away 
it's coming fast. Uh, as we say in the South, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Brian Feminella. I wish we had more time, but we'll have you back. LGBTQ act advocate, tech entrepreneur, and U.S. Army officer, thank you for your service, not just in the military, but to our society. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you all having me, and always remember to vote and keep And, you know, there's been a lot of conversation, you know, as the holidays are here, people are gathering around tables, reuniting with family. And I'd venture to say sometimes Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, Kwanzaa, whatever else you celebrate during this blistery winter December. Festivus. Yes. It's it's one of those things where you come together, maybe sometimes even more than you would on Thanksgiving, which means a lot of times people might be met with family that might misgender them or be homophobic or transphobic in various ways. Well, there's a new op-ed that was released titled The Best Way to Respond When Someone Tells You That Homosexuality Is a Sin. Now, before we dive into this, I'm interested in knowing, do you have any, like, go-tos? And I'm asking you this because I feel like we all are kind of met with this in some regard or another, whether you're getting it in person from a family member, whether you're getting it online in a tweet. In what ways do you respond to it, or do you just ignore these types of criticisms? It depends on who said it. It depends on the context, but there are two things I usually say, one of which is... I'm sure you mean that in the best possible way, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, you're very wrong. Yeah. That's one thing. But sometimes I'll also say, you seem to not understand that saying something like that is deeply hurtful, painful, and bigoted on your part. So you need to realize that just because you believe it's true doesn't mean everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And you saying so is not godly. It's not graceful. It's not loving. It's not kind. Yeah. And, you know, they don't always like that, but it's true. I totally agree. And I also, you know, would push back and say a lot of the times they know it's not loving. Um, I typically do not respond. I typically ignore it. I've done so much self-work into, like, fundamentally knowing who I am. And that's not to say others don't. Mm -hmm. But I don't give that stuff gas. And if I do choose to give it gas, I have just, like, this arsenal of, like, biblical text and scriptures to also... If you tell me I'm an abomination, I got another... I got lists. Lists. About you eating shellfish or animal with a hood fit feet or mixing fabrics. You're in polyester and cotton. Mm -hmm. You know, they also say that's an about... Like, I I rebut with that because, you know, you can't cherry pick to play Oppression Olympics with me. Get off my back. Leave me alone. So one of the, the, the responses that I saw through this Reddit thread is someone responds and says, then don't be homosexual. It's your religion, not mine. Which also makes me think of what Whoopi Goldberg has famously always said for years on The View. If you don't agree with uh, gay marriage, then don't get gay married. That's all. If you don't agree with abortion, then don't have an abortion. But you don't have the right to impose your beliefs onto me, mm-hmm. especially if I'm not a part of that specific belief system or yeah. congregation or church. You don't have that right. Yeah. You know, and so... um there are some other ones. They say, tell them religion is unnatural. It's not found in nature. <laughs> while homosexuality is found in nature and, and rampant, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. Because then that goes into how we all have our vices. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a new argument that's come up. Like some people, you know, drink. Some people smoke. Some people go to church, which is controversial to say, but it is it a is, way it's of a coping. Thing. 100%. 100%. You know, something that I've, I've said before, too, is like, I am so sorry that your spirituality includes judging other people. Yeah. And I hope that you find some healing from that. Yeah. And I mean it. Like, it's also so in a shade. But it's true, though. Like, 
doesn't that suck that somebody else's spiritual life is centered around judging other people? Yeah. And how tragic is that? And I love how graceful you are with that, because for the most part, I am, too. You're not going to rile me up and suck my energy out, you know, uh, in in arguing with you. I don't have Mm -hmm. to argue what I know to be true. Yeah. Maybe you do. Yeah, exactly. But Charge Ocel does. Yeah. And the thing I think about too is like you don't change hearts and minds by having a competition about who's wrong. Uh-huh. You know, so I try to be in a good place about it and leave them something that maybe they'll contemplate later. But sometimes I'm just very mean. <laughs> like yeah. you gotta catch me in the right generous place to not be a jerk to you. Yeah. I'm gonna read a few more responses before we head out. Uh someone says, You know the same book you used to condemn me also says you can stone your wife for disobedience and sell your daughter into slavery. Also also, anything unnatural, such as glasses and manufactured medicine, is also a no-no. Don't practice those rules, huh? It's almost like you're choosing what works for you, which what? is, you know, and it's all subjective. That's also mm-hmm. been one of my gripes when it comes to certain religious texts, because people go to church homes and go to religious institutions that best suit them. Yes. If you are a single mother with a baby daddy, you ain't going to the church where the pastor's in the pulpit condemning single yeah. mothers with, with no husband. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody, you can go to, to one church, you can go to four different churches on one Sunday and have someone preach from the same scripture and get four different interpretations. So yes. everybody's finding what works for them. That's the point I'm trying to make. Someone also mentioned what I just said. Are you wearing multiple types of fabrics, fibers in your clothes? And then the last one I'll read. <laughs> Someone said, uh, like quoting scripture, they say, I always tell them it says straight to hell, not gay to hell. So I guess you're the one with a hot destination in your future. Ah! It gets them every time. <laughs> it gets them every time. So it's subjective. And, you know, you all, please, you know, if you feel the need to exert your energy in defending your your fundamental humanity, I don't know what types of families or environments people are going to be around, but just be mindful if you know what, if you know you have that homophobic aunt or that transphobic uncle, because it's only a matter yeah. of time before it, like, bubbles up. And if you feel inclined to defend yourself, make sure you come armed. Mm -hmm. Because they never like that. Yes. They never like that. Yeah, but know that you're not obligated to engage. Yes, you are not obligated. You can disengage, which would o- they also don't like that. Yeah, yeah, walk away. Because they're looking to argue. Mm-hmm. And they look even sillier if they're trying to rile you up and you're acting like a house cat, not paying them any mm-hmm. attention. So, so Ryan, what I wanted to talk to you about, this is a true story. This is no pitch for the show. It's something that genuinely bothers me. Mm-hmm. The damn Instagram algorithm has really been upsetting me and not in the way that you probably think I'm going to say. Okay, because I have lots of thoughts. but has, Yeah, it has nothing to do with being shadow banned or anything like really? that. No. So what it has to do is with the suggested reels that they give me. Okay. And what I mean when I say that is I don't necess- necessarily mean like on the explore page. I mean like, you know, as you're scrolling, sometimes Instagram shows you a reel of, uh, uh, um, excuse me, a row of reels uh-huh. that they're suggesting. Now, most of my Instagram people that I follow are, you know, makeup artists. I love a good makeup trend chefs and cooks I just like watching it I'm not really in the kitchen like that anymore because who likes doing the dishes and then you know it's a lot of politics news friends mutuals I follow some guys that I find attractive I got some IG crushes but the the what's referred to me is so hyper sexualized I'm like, who am I following that's giving me like, oh, men working out with no underwear on in in very thin shorts, if you Mm -hmm. know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Or like people are like simulating like sexual activity for like punchlines, like, 
You know, like when she's mad at her, when her boyfriend makes her mad and I come over and visit. And it's like, <laughs> I could show you some examples. <laughs> or like when she's, and I should mention, everything is very, you know, cis-hetero. No like I'm not getting like lesbian, you know, suggestions or gay suggestions or even trans suggestions. It's mm-hmm. very like, you know, making a baby, so to speak. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this is and why are hypersexual reels and accounts being suggested to me? When I mean, there's no indication of that anywhere on my socials. Are you bookmarking low-key? Are you bookmarking no. things? Because what happened to Only me thing is... I bookmark, I'm so corny. Only thing I bookmark really is like, you know, those mental health self-help pages that yes. have affirmations. Like, I'm that girl. Uh-huh. Or if I find a dress that I like, oh, Chloe's got that shoe. I'm going to revisit that. Or this is a photo shoot inspiration. Yeah. And, you know, some IG crushes, I'll, you know, bookmark. But So here's my thing. I have two different bookmark set groups. One of them Ooh. is called Fit Inspo. It's hot guys working out. Ooh. And the other one is just hot guys. <laughs> And then I actually have a third one. It's called Husband Material. But I bookmark. See, I yes. thought if I stopped following these accounts, it would... Uh, you know, well, first of all, people could tell who I was following. That was embarrassing. So I stopped following a just casual bookmark. Yeah. But every single suggested post or reel or whatever are these hot guys. And now I have like this social media induced body dysmorphia because all I can see is what I don't have now both in terms of my romantic and sex life but also my <laughs> physical body yeah. I mean Instagram is a dangerous place the AI did it for me that yeah. Lenza app they, they showed me me in a sci-fi world I said dang where'd she get that that boob to waist ratio I mean I, I look like a video vixen. I haven't done that is it worth it no it's not and they're saying I mean you got it I should mention it's like four ninety nine. Oh no the end of the world yeah but they give you like what I do like is everything's been so original mm. like I haven't seen any you know copies and so I did mine when it was like fresh like I was one day in and I felt late on the trend and the fact that like people I think Harry Connick Jr. just did his yesterday someone else just did because I follow him someone else just did theirs and I'm like you all this is this is old news now where were you last week when mm-hmm. everybody was filling the Instagram feed with cartoons but don't they say that it also like appropriates other artists work because now, the see, AI I, I, I have heard that so I feel like I'm out of the weeds because because I did mine before all of this bubbled up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I'm on the actual national radio saying that I know it's a thing. So now if I do it, I'm a real bad knowing person. Well, really quickly, before we hop up out of here, here are some tips that we got from Rev Local regarding the Instagram algorithm right. as to why we might get some of the things that we get. So it's contingent on your relationship with the person posting the content, which makes no sense if we're not following them. But maybe we have lots of mutuals. Okay. Maybe 50% of your mutuals are following this person. So uh, they're giving you... That, you know, that video. Um, Your past interest and engagement (laughs) with that type of post. So Instagram forgets nothing, I guess. The timing of the post, how often you check and browse Instagram, how many people follow you, and how much time you spend on Instagram per day all factor into what we are shown. Fascinating. Yeah, I still want to know the science behind it. Are 50% of the people you know engaging with really sexual? You know what they might be. I just was looking at my statistics, and it was refreshing. Like, I was, you know, looking at, like, my primary audience, and there's, like, 56% of my audience is women, and the rest is men. They don't have it broken down in, like, a non-binary type way. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of my... Uh, platonic friends are gay men. So maybe so. And only God knows what the other girls are looking at. So So many questions. Yeah. I mean, I have some, you know, cishet guys in my life, but majority of my friends are gay men. So maybe you should do like an anonymous survey of your friends. Oh, I know what they're following. I've seen (laughs) I've seen those DMs, child. (laughs) Tell me something good. 
Alrighty, righty, righty. We are at the end of our show with one of my favorite segments, Tell Me Something Good, that mm. Sherry Shepard stole for her show, by the way. How rude. <laughs> I'm taking full credit. She <laughs> took it from this show, The Morning Beat. Uh, and I'm so excited because this one story really touched my heart. So the manager of a Minnesota liquor store uh, was surprised to come back from lunch just a few days ago to find... Um, his counter help walking around in her socks. Okay. Now let me explain to you this story. Okay. So this employee ended up giving her favorite pair of shoes to a man that she saw walking on the street with boxes on her feet. Oh, wow. I mean, on his feet. Excuse me. So security camera footage revealed that this employee had given, like I said, her shoes, which was a pair of purple retro Jordans. You know what? how much that costs? They're retro and their Jordans, to a man who was experiencing uh, some houselessness. And he had, like I said, strapped boxes to his feet. This was at the Brooklyn Center Liquor Store, and her name is Talia Thomas. And locals call her Ace. Okay, now. All right, Ace. Um, and it was a split second of kindness. She said it was an easy decision. He said, no one would ever give me shoes like that. And and she said, well, I'm not everybody. So I wonder, it, it these stories like this make me feel good because it reaffirms and kind of reassures that there's still some sort of goodness. Yes. Still, even with all of the nonsense going on, like politically and all of the news hits, we just talked about mental health. These feel good stories still exist. And the fact that uh, Ace, I'm going to call this girl Ace, this woman Ace, like I know her. Mm-hmm. The fact that she was able to to just do this on impulse, I wonder what spoke to her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What's, and then those are her favorite shoes. I think anybody would have contemplated over that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? you know what trivial thing I wonder? Yeah. What did she wear on her way home? Oh, yeah. Since she was walking around there in socks. Yeah. Maybe, can, can you Postmates shoes? I'm sure you could do Target, send you a size 9 to the liquor store to put right. on, yeah, you know, I anything. You I may try this some, sometime. But you know that's your favorite pair. That's where I would have been Wild. caught up. It's one thing to give away, like, the little busters that you've had. Oh, yeah. But your favorite pair, congratulations. That, that's good. She's going to get a sponsorship. She's going to be blessed immensely, I'm sure. Yes. Like, that's got to come back tenfold. And I, I feel like she did this with no uh, motivation. Like, this was genuinely... And the I should mention that the her boss is the one that submitted and told this story because they saw on security camera footage. So it's not like she ran to the press with this. It was her yeah. boss. So Aww, yeah, What a good boss. Uh, well, I have some good news to share with you. Um, Ryan Murphy is going to receive the Carol Burnett Award at the Golden Globes. I don't know if you know about this. You you probably do, Char. So the Carol Burnett Award goes to True Legends in Television. Oh. Um, it, the first one in 2019 went to Carol Burnett herself. It's also gone to Norman Lear um, and Ellen DeGeneres. And okay. it's... It, so he's the fourth ever recipient of it, and um, he'll get it on January 10th. And it's meant to honor someone, quote, based on their body of work and the lasting impact that their television career achievements have had on both the industry and audiences. That feels so right for Ryan Murphy. His, it does. I, his, who else has that much of an impact on culture? And I do love his programming. He has yes. the range, too. He does everything from Glee to American Horror Story. I want him to bring back Feud. Yes. I really enjoyed Feud. Uh-huh. But I typically, if I hear Ryan Murphy's behind a project, I'm watching. And you know, I loved Pose. That's my assignment to pro- producer Vanessa. She still hasn't started it. Have you ever watched Pose? I've watched some of it, not all of it. Okay, you need to watch all of it. 
You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Pose is a fantastic show. And so Ryan is also known for taking risks with new talent and new storylines and and humanizing people, really. Yeah. And so... In a nuanced way. In a nuanced way. And I cannot wait to see what he does next. Even though I really wasn't a fan of The Politician. Oh, really? No, I wasn't a fan of oh, that well. one. And what's the movie he had with... Uh... Oh, Love, Simon? No. No, no, no. no that no, wasn't, no. That wasn't him. Uh, Remember he had like the gay movie on Netflix? Oh, yeah. It with was all like, the... with Jeremy Pope. Yes. Yeah, and, and Jim Parsons. Yes. That was a that was was hit fine. or miss for it me. Was yeah. fine. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us today. It's been quite the ride. It's always fun working with you, Basha. Likewise. Let's do this more. We need to. Yes. We need y'all hear that? We need to. You all have a great weekend. AJ and Michaela will be back bright and early Monday morning and have a safe and happy holiday from me and Ryan to you. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.